Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. non-citizens actually got registered to vote in California, and they say it was an accident, even though the uh, the demographic group that got uh, got registered is going to vote, 99% of them are going to vote for the party that's in power of the DMV. Right. So, you know. It's I, pretty obvious and was easy to predict. In fact, I did predict it. I uh, got this text. My wife just renewed her driver's license online. 95% of the questions regarded voting information. Says uh, Andy in San Marcos, California. So, wow. Maybe the DMV is going to become more about that. Than... I think it sounds like it is. Yeah. The DMV exists to get you registered to vote Democrat. It's a good okay. ploy. It's a great ploy. I mean, you got to salute the effectiveness of it, even as it. Perverts all that is good and holy in this land. <laughs> all that is good and holy. I like that term. So, uh, did you hear about the owner of the uh, that limousine, the, that horrific, deadly crash in New York? 
This guy's a hell of a character. He was convicted of, I mean, he's just a fly-by-night operator. He's a, he's a crook, a couple of different kinds of crook. So did they just, like, Google limo service, and he is somebody that <clears throat> popped up? Maybe they went with the low bid? I don't know. Yeah, I haven't I, heard you that know, story. I've, I've gotten limos before and didn't pay that much attention to the company, I guess. Yeah, I try to read reviews, but anyway, this guy, Hussein. Hussein, Hussein, Hussein. Sorry, that's an old clip we used to play. Uh, Shahed Hussein was convicted in 02 of federal fraud charges. He was taking payments from immigrants, some of whom could not read English, in a scheme to cheat on state exams and to obtain driver's licenses. Um, and he was pressed into duty by the FBI as an informer on radical Muslims at his mosque and area mosques. And indeed, he turned the feds on... Uh, Albany Imam Yassin Arif and an acquaintance who owned a pizza shop were accused of laundering money for Hussein in connection with fictitious terror plot. Uh, they were both convicted. He reemerged as an FBI informant in 09 when four Newburgh, New York men were charged with conspiring to plant explosives outside two Bronx synagogues. Um, meanwhile, uh, boy, this guy is just all sorts of dirty. Meanwhile, uh, he starts this limousine company with a bunch of limos that fail inspections and drivers who aren't properly licensed. But he—you'd he, have to assume he didn't have a lot of interest himself in 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 dying. Well, this is the owner of the company. Oh, he not, not, the, not driver. the driver. Okay, right. yeah. I thought it was the driver. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so it's just wow—a complicated web of deceit some, and crime and dishonesty. Because I saw something about the and drivers, the feds' history. Yeah, he was no treat either. Um, but they still don't know exactly what happened. It went through an intersection, went into a the parking lot of a restaurant, and smashed into cars, then ended up in a ditch. Yeah, I just I'm. It must have been going awful fast to kill twenty people. To kill everybody. What a nightmare. Yeah, I, I'm sorry every time I bring it up, but um, anyway, transition music, Michael. <clears throat> I got a funny thing that'll transition us right into it. Beauty. I just saw a jack-o'-lantern up on the TV and reminded me our kids uh, made our jack-o'-lanterns the other night, but there's no way the jack-o'-lanterns will make it to Halloween. Too, too warm? Too warm. It's and uh, They already got that funky old jack-o'-lantern smell going. Uh-oh. It's happening like a day. Ugh. But anyway, a popular jack-o'-lantern thing, because we were looking at funny jack-o'-lanterns online as we were trying to come up with ideas. A mm-hmm. popular one. Maybe you've seen this before. I hadn't. Um... You cut out the eyes and the nose and the, the mouth hole, but out the mouth hole, you reach in the you make the mouth hole big enough for your fist. You reach in and then you pull all the goop out the front, and then you set <laughs> b- beer bottles next to the jack o' lantern, and it looks like it threw up all that gross uh, stuff. Oh boy! <laughs> Put a robe and a gavel in its hand. Call it the cat. Oh hey hey hey! Wait a minute! <laughs> Time for no healing. Time for healing. <laughs> wow, that's a pretty funny one. Though. That is hilarious. Oh god, you gotta! I need to be careful for this. So I Google. Uh, uh, jack-o'-lantern ideas, and then just go to Google Image. Funny, 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 scary, 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 pornographic! Whoa! Whoa! I mean, just completely full, hardcore porno. Darr, my kids are luckily too young to even know what that was, so that went by it really fast. Were, were they? What were they doing? Is there a filter that you can... Is there something? Yes. There is? Yeah, you, you, you go into your, your search engine settings. 
But do I have Your to be a registered site? Google person? Because I've never been a registered Google person. Well, you keep uh, you keep Googling pumpkin heifers, you'll be a registered <laughs> sex offender. <laughs> what were they doing to the pumpkin? It was a silhouette of a couple of people doing it oh. in, a, in a particular animalistic way. And, oh, uh, oh, my. Oh, that was oh. the carving in the yeah, pumpkin? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's gotcha. creative. You know, weirdo. It's creative. Freaking weirdos. That's what we got to do is get rid of weirdos. That's what would help. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hey, uh, real quick, as far as jack-o'-lanterns go, yes. I remember as a kid, I made the best jack-o'-lantern I've ever did. It just looked great, and I made the mistake of putting it on a hot stove, and so I'm sitting there watching TV, and we're <laughs> wondering, what's that noise? We look over, and we just see it melting in wow. this pool. <laughs> Beautiful. So, anyway. It's kind of a metaphor for life, Michael. It really we're here, is. then we're gone. You guys ever do any of the stencils, the like the really oh, elaborate yeah. kind of paper stencil things? I was anti that until I did one, and I... Th- Felt like a genius. Jackson anti-stencilist. Uh, yeah, that's uh, a betraying art is what it is. <laughs> and my son, who's like me, always shooting for a B, he said, do a couple of triangles for eyes. Uh, a sad face. That's a sad smile. That's fine. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so if there's a story about your city in the New York Times, that's big news. Sure. If the lead sentence includes the words excrement and oozing, it's probably not great news. Dateline, San Francisco, October 8th. This is the New York Times. The The, failed New York Times. The heroin needles. The pile of excrement between parked cars. The yellow soup oozing out of a... You better hope it's soup. Yellow soup oozing out of a large plastic bag by the curb. And the stained faux Persian carpet dumped on the corner. It's a scene of detritus that might bring to mind any variety of developing world squalor. Oh, good one. But this is San Francisco, the capital of the nation's technology industry, where a single span of Hyde Street hosts an open-air narcotics market by day and at night is occupied by the unsheltered and drug-addled slumped on the sidewalk. There are many other streets like it, yeah, I was gonna but say, by one could, measure, it's the dirtiest block in the city. I was going to say, you could pick a lot of streets that look like that. But So that's they, they nailed down the, the particular dirtiest block. Yep. I'm going to have to check that out. 300 block of Hyde Street. Okay. Uh, just a 15-minute walk away are the offices of Twitter and Uber, uh, etc. That's something, really, when you think about it. Yeah. This dichotomy of street crime and world-changing technology, of luxury condominiums and grinding persistent homelessness, and the dehumanizing effects for those forced to live on the streets. That's one way to put it. Well, come on. I hope at some point in this article we're going to point out, and San Francisco in particular, along with California, gives out more stuff. That's why one out of three or whatever homeless people in the whole country are in California. Right. Let me finish this paragraph because you're going to like it. So don't act like it's because Twitter's there that the homeless people have shown up. The dehumanizing effects for those forced to live on the streets provoke outrage among the city's residents. For many who live here, it's difficult to reconcile San Francisco's liberal politics with the misery that sounds them. Surrounds them. I'm sorry. Is that difficult to reconcile? Why don't you try for a minute? Why don't you think about it for a while? We got the most liberal policies toward homelessness. We have the most homeless people. We give out more money than anybody else, and we have more homeless people. I, I sorry, I can't do the math Super on that. Super left politics and caca and oozing, and worst of all, faux Persian rugs. <laughs> Who is sporting those in their family room? According to city statisticians, the 300 block of Hyde Street span about the length of a football field in the heart of the Tenderloin neighborhood. I know it well. 
received 2,227 complaints about street and sidewalk cleanliness over the last uh, number of years, more than any other. That's pretty funny. Who's complaining? Hey, it's not clean over here. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, the San Francisco Bureau photographer um, and the uh, journalist set out to measure the depth of deprivation in a single block. We returned a number of times, including a 12-hour visit on a recent weekday. Walking around the neighborhood, we saw the desperation of the mentally ill, the drug-dependent, and the homeless, and heard from embittered residents who say it will talk, take much more than a broom to clean up the city, long considered one of America's beacons of urban beauty. I would say soon formerly considered one of Americans' beacons of urban beauty, soon to become a symbol of what doesn't work, and, which is absolutely tragic. And what you got to remember, San Francisco, I've been saying this for a while, once that narrative is taken hold around the world, once everybody's caught on, it's really hard to get rid of that. Long after you've given up on these policies, I hope, and cleaned up the city, I hope, people are going to be talking about what a disgusting city San Francisco is. That's the trouble with yeah, getting this it'll take years. vibe. Oh, it could take decades. At 8 a.m. on a recent day, as mothers shepherded their children to school, we ran into Yolanda Warren, a receptionist who works around the corner from Hyde Street. The sidewalk in front of her office was stained with feces. The street smelled like a latrine. And she talks about having to hold your breath as she walks to work. Yeah. As she does every morning, she hosed down the urine outside her office. The city has installed five portable bathrooms for the hundreds of unsheltered people in the Tenderloin, but that has not stopped people from urinating and defecating in the streets. There's uh, much more to this. We'll we'll return in a moment or two. We're looking at the San Francisco oh, the doo-doo, map. doo-doo map up on our big screen. You know how whenever you look at a map, it goes from, like, dark blue to light blue to white to pink to red? You look at that map, and you don't have to guess what the colors indicate. goes from more or less white to dark brown. So far this year, there have been about 4,000 complaints about doo-doo on the streets. That's pretty gross. That's just in that one neighborhood. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's just, that's just your, south your of market. South of market, yeah. Oh, that's rough. Okay, more it's on crap. this coming up. It's crap? Yes. It's crap. That's right. There's it is. city inspector. <laughs> you're, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Before um, Twitter or was even a thought when Gavin Newsom was the mayor of San Francisco and said, stop giving money to people. There's he, plenty of money to go around. There is a surprising quote from Gavin Newsom coming up. All right. Narc- New York Times taking a look at San Francisco's dirty, dirty streets. Yeah, long feature, many, many words. Don't you people have editors? Cut it short. Too long, didn't read. Uh, and a bunch of pictures, too, of uh, slumped over drug addicts, among other things. Yeah. Um, but they uh, mentioned back to some of these statistics, which will shock you. The city has replaced more than 300 lampposts corroded by human and dog urine over the last three years. I'd say if it's more than two feet up, it's human. According to San Francisco Public Utilities Commission. Man, how much do you have to urinate on a lamppost before it uh, degrades? Quite a bit, I'm guessing. 
currently conducting a non-official or sanctioned study at a lamppost by one of my uh, favorite spots. I'll let you know. No progress yet. <laughs> Keep us up to date. Replace- Still holding strong. <laughs> Replacing the poles became more urgent after one collapsed, crushing a car in I remember 2015. That. remember that. How about the thousands of heroin needles discarded by users? And we're talking thousands. The Public Works Department and a nonprofit organization in the Tenderloin picked up 100,000 needles from the streets over the last year. That's just them. The Public Health Department, which has its own needle recovery program, uh, retrieved 164,000 needles in August alone. That's incredible. Both through a disposal program and through street cleanups. That's incredible. 164,000 in a month. That's one organization. Number of people they met on Hyde Street distinguished between the residents of the Tenderloin, many of them immigrant families, and those they called street people. Unsheltered drug users who congregate and camp along the sidewalks, and the dealers who peddle crack cocaine, heroin, and a variety of amphetamines. Disputes among the street people, uh, street population are common, sometimes result in violence. At night, bodies line the sidewalks. I don't think they mean bodies, bodies, but... Uh, it's like the land of the living dead, said a resident, who they uh, talked to for a while, and thinks that the city is just allowing it to go crazy in the Tenderloin so it doesn't go elsewhere. Yeah, that's the like that's the Vancouver model. I remember when I went to Vancouver years ago and I'd read about their area of town where they I think they they hand out needles there and all that sort of stuff and they try to keep it contained and I went over to that area of town because there was actually a cool music club over there, but it was just disgusting. The rest of Vancouver was just glittering beautiful. Mm. And that one neighborhood was disgusting. I'd never seen anything like that 20 years ago. Now you can see it in San Francisco. Right. I'd never seen anything like that in the United States. It's an interesting strategy. Yeah, it is. We'll, we'll make one area just, just you wouldn't want to go there right. to make the other part of the city cleaner. Dungberg. Well, San Francisco as yet hasn't Figured out the and the rest of the city's cleaner part. So they, uh, yeah, they're halfway there. Uh, so you get many, many thousands of arrests. Gavin Newsom, former mayor of San Francisco and leading candidate for governor in next month's election, God help us. That's an editorial opinion. I'd like to apologize for interjecting it. He told the San Francisco Chironicle, uh, the editorial board last week, that the city had reached a point of enough is enough. And I'm quoting, you can be too permissive. And I happen to think we've crossed that threshold in this state. And not just in this city. You see it. It's just disgraceful. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear him say that. It's well, For one thing, it's true and I think politically expedient because, as I've talked about many times, even left-leaning cities have said, all right, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I wish... Left-leaning? What, what do I mean? Dominated by the, the most utopian of people have right. said that's enough. Right. I wish Gavin would run as Gavin on what he actually believes of course, that would be a hell of a thing for a politician to do, and I realize this is a new, naive and utopian thing to ask, but because he's, we know him a little bit, and he's he's a practical guy, but he understands politics. He un- understands how to get the union money and the rest of it, so he's you know advocating some things that are just un- completely unworkable. Well, when he runs for president, which I think he's going to do, and he's trying to appeal for a broader swath of America, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he moderates. We need to talk to Mayor London Breed who has done some really interesting things. Uh, you know, well, there's plenty we'll disagree about, but she's a uh, an energetic and um and and I think she's a serious woman about her gig. And she's um announced plans to provide an initial 1000 beds for homeless over the next 2 years, which will probably just draw another 1000 homeless people from sure, elsewhere. Absolutely. Um uh including, you know, elsewhere in northern California, but 
I would, she's also, this is really interesting. Well, go ahead. I wouldn't be in favor of spending this kind of money on the problem, even if you had borders for cities. Um, but if you don't have borders, forget it. Mm-hmm. What's what are you what are you trying to do? Right, right. It's like your town passing uh, green emissions laws. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a waste of time. It's just you know virtue signaling. But she's targeting a relatively small group of people living on the streets who she says are beyond the point of assisting themselves. This concept, uh, the concept of this involuntary removal, is known as conservatorship. Law recently passed in Sacramento strengthens the city's powers of conservatorship with a judge's permission. She says, the mayor, there are about 100 to 150 people who are clearly mentally ill and who are circling, cycling through the system and need to be forced into conservatorship. We know all of them. And according to the mayor's office, 12% of people who use the services of the Department of Public Health account for 73% of the costs. Wow. Yeah, how about that? 12%. Soak up 73% of the costs. Majority of these heavy users have medical, psychiatric, and substance use issues, according to the department. God, and as I always say, how do you help those people? It ain't that easy to get a drug addict to stop being a drug addict, or it's really not that easy to get a a mentally ill person to stop being mentally ill. I'm working on it right now. It's really, really difficult. Yep. And finally, uh, for this segment, the charming tale of one Glenn Gustafik, who opened a barbershop on Hyde Street because the rent was just insanely high downtown. Um, He has just planted the fifth tree in front of his barbershop because the first four were killed by what? Your guess, Michael? What killed the first four trees? It's crap. It's crap? Nope, not done. Positive, Sean, do you have a guess? What Uh, killed the four trees in front of the barbershop? uh, uh, Drugs. Hiding drugs in it, and it seeped into the roots and killed it. Marshall Phillips, your guess. Polluted air. I'd go BW. BW? Bum whiz. (laughs) It was people snapping twigs off the tree to use them to clean their crack pipes. I think I was closest. Drugs. Wow. Yeah, you were closest. God, that's... that's So they've had to put up wire mesh like deer eating their roses. (laughs) You know what needs to happen, Michael? This song, Good Point. He should actually come to San Francisco and crap on the street as a show. That'd be quite a show. Marshall's News on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I realize this is a gross conversation, but it's a serious problem when we're talking about the... uh, the disgust in San Francisco and how the New York Times is calling out one particular block and all the feces and urine. We got one, uh, somebody tweeting at us, these essing and peeing machines have to be men. I can't imagine women essing on the street. You don't remember my story of uh, Portland there with my son when we went to see the eclipse? I look over huh. and a woman is bent over. I honestly thought I was looking at the back end of a horse. It was a rather <laughs> large woman. Very tall gal. Long and, legs. <laughs> and just like a fire hose coming out of her. Oh, boy. She just bent over and let it go on the street. Oh, boy. Right in front of us. Good morning. Freaking animals. Oh, boy. For whatever reason. But you can't, you don't, you, you shouldn't have to live around that. There she was walking away. And you certainly shouldn't have to try to run a business. No, indeed. With someone like that out front of the place. Oh, my God. They mentioned that uh, toward dusk and into the night uh, that uh, the block in the Tenderloin, San Francisco, Hyde Street uh, specifically, 
becomes an impromptu food and flea market. It, well, it's a stolen goods market hmm. where people bring the bikes they stole during right. the day and, right. and trade them for, say, $15. The gazillion car break-ins. Go get a hit. Yeah, right. Since uh, car break-ins were uh, made lawful in San Francisco. Yeah, etc. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump says a number of people are interested in replacing U.S. U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. Haley's going to be leaving at the end of the year. And appearing with Haley in the Oval Office this morning, Trump said he may nominate a replacement in the next couple of weeks. Meanwhile, the president is brushing off criticism from his formal rival, Hillary Clinton, who said the ceremonial swearing-in of Justice Brett Kavanaugh was a purely political event at the White House. Trump's response? I guess that's why she lost. She doesn't get it. She never did. I knew that a long time ago. But a bad blood continues. Meanwhile... Lock her up! Meanwhile, the Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh is diving into his new job. He apparently asked a handful of questions in the first arguments of the day. Questions of both sides and arguments. Hey, new guy. Pipe down. Let us old hands handle this. Huh? Questions of both sides in arguments over increased prison sentences for repeat offenders. They wanted to make a special note there were no disruptions in the courtroom. Clarence Thomas just sat over there. Quiet. What's his deal? He's asked two questions in 20 years or something like that? He's a listener. <laughs> and a ponderer. He listens and ponders. Right. Meanwhile, you got a U.N. human rights expert saying the investigation into the disappearance of the Saudi journalist in Turkey should not be politicized, insisting the case has now created a huge dilemma for the Turkish government. A guy named David Kay, a U.N. special uh, uh, agent or uh, representative dealing with freedom of expression, said the disappearance of Saudi government critic Jamal Khashoggi puts basically the Turks in the position of having to both maintain a diplomatic relationship and to deal with a really important high-profile investigation. So supposedly the uh, Turks are going to get a chance to go through the uh, Saudi uh, diplomatic headquarters where the reporter disappeared. Please, the trail is cold. It's over. Yeah, uh, He's been killed and disposed of and will never be heard of again. If you have a friend in the Middle East, I don't care whether it's you know Saudi Arabia or Iran or the UAE or, or Iraq or just anybody... You are friends with somebody really, really nasty. Yeah. That's a rough neighborhood. Yeah. So I was saying, and you got to grow up. You have to grow up, I think, and just realize, look, this is this, yeah, this is a tough neighborhood. You want to have no friends, or do you want to have some friends? Right. And you just look the other way with some of the stuff they do. That's such a hard line to find and not cross. Oh yeah, I get it. You I know, get I, why uh, that's the problem. And and you know, uh, one of these days I'm just going to quit this dead end gig and go get a degree, which would do me no good. Uh, <laughs> But the history of America's foreign policy, where we've held our noses to accomplish more important aims. We've consorted with bad people to do good things. Including working with Stalin to beat uh, Hitler. Right, exactly. Great example of one end of the spectrum. Then you got some of the stuff we did in Central and South America that's difficult to justify. You know, so the things we did in the Middle East that are a little tough to take. Um, and, and I'm not saying everything we did in South America, for instance. Right. Consorting with military dictators to to stave off communism. I'm not saying that was all bad, but you do you are swimming in murky water. Oh, no doubt. You are uh, you're putting your soul at risk. But that's the nature of international relations, and always has been. And anybody who pitches either 
on, uh, you know, America's always right point of view or the currently fashionable America's always wrong and a force for for evil in the world is a simpleton. I got more on that, but I don't want to run out of time before you get to your dirtiest places in the workplace. So. There you go. Five dirtiest places in a restaurant. No, oh, in a restaurant. Especially restaurant. pungent. Yes. Now, we all know many restaurateurs do their very, very best to clean things up. But based on a number of studies, the five dirtiest things you're going to find, first off, the salt, pepper, and ketchup containers. That makes sense. Got to wipe them down with a wet nap before you even pick them up. You know, I'd never thought about that before, but you should never touch that salt shaker you know, with I your w- bare fingers. Ew. I would be fine if they dipped the salt and pepper shakers in medical waste. If they would make the holes in the pepper shaker bigger than the holes in the salt shaker. <laughs> this is For ju- God's sake, the salt <laughs> Pours out and, and gives you instant hardening of the arteries, and then you can <laughs> beat the pepper shaker like a rented mule, and it won't give you any pepper. <laughs> All right, this is Joe's issue. High chairs <laughs> is my jihad. High chairs and booster seats, filthy. Well, of course, toddlers very messy eaters, and they can leave a different kind of mess on their seats as well. What do you mean? Think FM, fecal matter. Yes. Mm. Ice machines. We've mentioned this before. Studies regularly show the water in restaurants' ice machine can contain more bacteria than water from their toilets. Ice machines. So wow. no ice is a good idea, huh? Yeah. Or if you work in a restaurant, <laughs> pee in the ice machine. Is that what you mean? Yeah, another another thing to watch out for, lemon slices. Lemons yeah. handled by multiple people before being sliced. In one study, almost 70% of the lemons tested positive for germs, including E. coli. I've always been NFL. No effing lemon. Yeah. All right, and another tip, you know, when you're thinking about what to order, why don't you just ask the uh, waiter or waitron what they recommend, because waitron. menus <laughs> menus are the dirtiest thing in a restaurant. Oh, that's number one, yep. huh? They do not get wiped down between customers, and when Good Mar- uh, Morning America tested the uh, various items at uh, various restaurants, Menus turned out to be the dirtiest thing on each table, 185,000 bacteria on each. And and as we say every time we talk about these studies, and we're all fine. Right. So That's this why you just, have an immune system. Yeah, this is just the way we're designed. Mar- is Marshall's called, just trying to terrify you. This is called being alive on planet Earth unless you're a bubble boy. <laughs> Germs are your friends. Yes. Why don't you go start a new TV show, Marshall? Call it Good God America. <laughs> and just try to frighten people all the time. Hey, I'm not getting ratings. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. It'd be all child abductions and where's the dirtiest and horror. <laughs> Probably get a great audience. Yes. Now, the child abductions, that's over on that. Uh, what's that channel my wife watches? The Lifetime or whatever. It's always pregnant and in danger. Yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Always. The guy you start dating turns out to be a serial killer. Those it's the, stories. It's the women channel where the women characters are constantly in peril. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And every guy is secretly a serial killer. <laughs> every guy. Uh, the petering out coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm not ready to pay attention to baseball, I guess. It's going to be the Astros against either the Red Sox or the Yankees. They made it in last night. Dodgers are in. Who are the Dodgers going to play in the National League? Nobody knows. Who's it down to? Anybody? No, anybody got an idea? Nobody? The Phillies. No, I don't know. Just making one up? I don't remember. Okay. Somebody. 
uh, Brewers Rockies. Oh yeah, yeah. The Brewer, Brewers are on a hell of a roll. That'd be kind of fun. The winner of Brewers Rockies. Well, how different are those two locales and crowd and fan bases and everything? The Milwaukee Brewers, mm. that tiny market in the Midwest, versus the L.A. Dodgers. Right. Passion versus fashion. <laughs> well, and just the whole Hollywood thing, and you'll have celebrities in the front rows and stuff like that, and you couldn't get further from that if you tried than Milwaukee. Right. Yeah. Plastic beer cups versus plastic surgery. Plastic boobs. <laughs> I liked yours better because it would had boobs in it. And the Dodgers not selling out their home playoff, first home playoff game the other day. That's so weak. There's so many places around America where, geez, that just the town's on fire for that sort of thing. Sure. And I got the one of the biggest cities in the world in terms of people that could get to the game. Well, it doesn't take you 22 it. hours to drive across Milwaukee. Huh? Bill O'Reilly's got if a new book. If they held out. the games at 4 a.m., it would take you three hours to get there from quadrants <laughs> of metropolitan L.A. True that. It's a horror. The fact that they're in the, <laughs> the early evening, forget it. I'm not going. I'm watching on TV. <laughs> um, uh, I was going to mention that. I just, everything I wanted to talk about just doesn't sound that good. interesting to me. It's not interesting to me. It's not interesting to you. They played the Nazi national anthem at the Oktoberfest in Florida the other day. I read that. uh, A lot of people are up in arms. Actually, virtually nobody's up in arms. By accident? Yeah, it was an accident. So they say. Well, (laughs) it's actually funny. They're giving this okay symbol to everyone. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So you got your your, uh, Oktoberfest in Port St. Lucie, Florida. There are some folks visiting from Germany who thought, hey, wouldn't that be funny? It's Oktoberfest time. We happen to be in Florida, the United States. Let's go to the Oktoberfest. Let me flip to the part where where the uh, rubber meets the uh, swastika. Um, they uh, somebody said that during the parade of the flags and the keg tapping ceremony, we should the play keg tapping ceremony. We should. Uh, the German-American club president, Gebhard Saup, asked that musicians played the anthem, the, uh, the American anthem and the German anthem. And the musician uh, agreed, downloaded the German anthem on his phone, not understanding that there are a couple of different versions, a very similar, one pre-Hitler and one post-Hitler. Well, more during Hitler is the point of the uh, uh, the issue. So they uh, they played that. And nobody would have known except for the Germans that were there thought, hey... That's the Hitler national anthem. That ain't cool. Right. Nazi Germany. They're also kind of mad because the one uh, musician they had playing at that point was not even German. He was uh, East European. <laughs> Close enough. Oh, they also uh, had a... You know why we're here? To get drunk. All right? They also had a flag representing East Germany hung upside down, which was another affront to, I don't know, communists. So uh, This isn't about making sure German heritage is accurately portrayed. We just want to get drunk. So if you're considering holding an Oktoberfest in your town, realize it is fraught. <laughs> <laughs> a number of faux pas a person can make. My college had a great Oktoberfest. I've always wanted to go back um, because there's so many Germans there. And if you've ever read that, Deutschland über alles. <laughs> if you've ever read that book about the Dust Bowl, um, it yeah. gets into the whole all the Germans coming over to the to that part of the world that mm-hmm. I'm from and settling during this time. So I mean, lots of people that speak German all the time um, there, and it's a great Oktoberfest. Um, Quaint little towns that are like kind of, sort of, not even American. Yeah, yeah. Except 
They are. They my, speaking. My bar I went to in college, Dick's Corner Tavern out in the country, the old guy who, who was behind the bar spoke German to his friends sitting at the bar. I never had any idea what they were talking about. GL, speak, talk English to him. Ever? No. Huh. No. Failure to assimilate? Did you harass them for that? Dick's Corner Tavern. Rarely more than four people in the place at a time. So. <laughs> well, then yeah. it'd be easy to assimilate. Yeah. Huh? Raw hamburger was a big thing to serve there. Oh. What? Raw hamburger. Wow. That was wow. a big thing. They put a lot of salt and pepper on it and stuff like that. I always remember one time we were How there. How about chicken sushi? And he put out the raw hamburger, and he was pretty old, Al. Dick's Corner Tavern was run by Al, Alfred. But he put out the, 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 the raw hamburger, and it had fur on the top of it. Oh, jeez. As it had gone moldy. <laughs> Holy crap. And I don't know if he didn't uh, notice or just thought that was perfectly okay, but... Well, he thinks eating raw hamburger is... Like, is that even healthy? Can he put you put enough do? salt and pepper on it, I guess. It's huh? a little risky. Okay. But it had a thick layer of fur Jeez, on it. dude. Why are you I know. telling this story? It's I know. Disgusting. And he's sitting out there in a bar and is like, it's terrible. Is this a. What? what are you can you doing? see this? I can see this. <laughs> I'm not eating that. Here's your host, Joe Getty. All right, let's get a final thought from everybody to put a nice little ribbon on the show. Hey, Positive Sean, what's your final thought? Oh, my DVR has got a treat for me as I am the the this, the season finale of Better Call Saul occurred last night, and oh, I can't yeah. wait to watch it. God, it's such a good show. So it's good. It's merely great. I watched it last night. Uh, Marshall, your final thought. Well, I misspoke earlier, and as Joe Getty says, our goal on the A&G show is accuracy. I mentioned the owner and founder of the Chargers, Alex Spanos passed away this morning at 95. He was not the founder of the NFL franchise. He didn't buy the team until 1984. I stand corrected, and thanks to the A&G family who pointed that out to me. (laughs) Gently, I'm sure. Michelangelo, your final thought? They say kids will have jobs that don't even exist yet. Personally, I'm learning skills and waiting for things to come back in style. Installing CB radios and shoeing horses, I'm going to be ready. Beautiful. You should see him sweep a chimney. Oh, yeah. Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share? Excited about the American Music Awards tonight on ABC. And even better than that, uh, Taylor Swift gets a chance to speak first. And she just came out political. So she's going to give a big, rousing political speech as she's dipped her toe into the world of politics. And the crowd's going to go wild, cheering her on. Fantastic. It's going to be awesome. My final thought is, according to a friend of Armstrong and Getty, the Brewers have already defeated the Rockies. Quit trying to do sports on the show, Jack. I didn't bring up that one. You you did. No, I didn't. No, that was Sean. Okay, I'll I'll wear that one. You stop it. No, I said the Dodgers (laughs) were in. Who were they playing? That's all I had. Humiliating. That was my only contribution. Humiliating. So they're going to be playing the Brewers. Awesome. According to some sources. Dodgers, Brewers. There's like a 50% chance this is all wrong. (laughs) Astros against either Red Sox or Yankees. There you go. Or not. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Does a a regular NFL game still get higher ratings than a World Series baseball game? I think so. That's been the way it's been for years. Depends on the teams, but yeah, yeah, good. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can drop us an email if there's something we ought to be talking about. You want to weigh in. Uh, it's arms. I'm sorry. It's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, we just love hearing from you. Joe especially likes to hear anything. You, any of your thoughts about anything about the show or us personally? Oh, worded incredibly strongly because that's how you change people's minds. <laughs> See you tomorrow. God <laughs> bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. 
The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. The show's over. What? Bye-bye. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest, and then you merchandise it. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.